0: It's July 3rd, 1973, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ollie. The Retrospectors! So it was today in history in 1973 that David Bowie killed off his most famous creation, Ziggy Stardust, the swaggering, omnisexual alien who came to earth primarily, it seems, to play guitar and sort of secondarily to l- deliver some sort of wishy-washy, jugged up message of hope.
2: Yeah, and his announcement today at the Hammersmith Odeon was far from clear. You know, He said, of all the shows on this tour, this particular show will remain with us the longest because not only is it the last show of the tour, but it's the last show that we'll ever do, which briefly caused under. Understandable panic that Bowie himself Mm. was retiring. But equally baffled as the audience were two of his backing band, The Spiders from Mars, Trevor Boulder, the bassist, and Mick Woodmansey on drums, with whom he had not discussed this plan at all. The third member, Mark Ronson, did know in advance, but this was coming as total news to them that their services would no (laughs) longer be required.
1: Yeah, note the word we, though. It's the last (laughs) show we'll ever do. Now, he's not talking in the royal (laughs) we. He's not saying David Bowie will never perform again. He's saying... Thanks, guys. It's been fun going on this (laughs) 60-date tour, but I don't need you anymore in front of all these people, which you can understand would be quite upsetting for the band. And it wasn't just most of the bandmates who didn't know. Uh, Also, his wife, Angie, who was in the audience, didn't know. Uh, The only other person who did know was Charles Shaw Murray of the NME, who Bowie had tipped off in advance, which enabled them to publish their Bowie That's It I Quit cover story. before he made the announcement. But again, note the I, not the we. So there was this then huge sensation about David Bowie's giving up on showbiz when he's the biggest act in the world. When actually, he never really said that. That was just based on their headline. By the way, the possibility that he might have adopted a grandiosity
0: so extreme that he'd taken to referring to himself as we rather than I is
1: not impossible, given no, sure. that part he of the He was wearing reason... feather boa and had his nipples on display. Exactly, not, you know, yeah, there was a lot yeah, going on. He could on. have called himself we at that point.
0: Yeah, but also... So part of the reason why he wanted to retire Ziggy Stardust was sort of that the character was starting to get to him and take over his actual personality. Journalists started to ask him questions as if he was Ziggy Stardust. And equally, mm. they had this increasing amount, like he and the Spiders from Mars, his backing band, had this increasing amount of like fan mail coming from people saying, we know that you guys are actually from Mars. So, you know, there was this kind of feeling like, uh, you just got to get rid of this before it kind of overwhelms yeah, I mean, the person I am. Who'd,
2: who'd have thought this act could possibly attract weirdos? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, Dave, yeah, Bowie himself said later, I became Ziggy Stardust. David Bowie went totally out the window. Everybody was convincing me that I was a messiah. I got hopelessly lost in the fantasy. And that was particularly problematic for the character of Ziggy Stardust in particular, because Ziggy was intended as a metaphor for the destructive nature of celebrity worship. You know, the album depicts Ziggy being treated as a messiah as Bowie was being, and then, you know, being taught apart in the finale so for Ziggy to become a real star and kind of subsume his creator was the exact opposite of the message that it was supposed to be portraying originally
1: mm. uh, we're talking in this very Bowie literate way um, and I think we should just explain for people who aren't particularly David Bowie fans that throughout his career he was always playing characters I mean David Bowie himself is a stage name, so in a sense, even being Bowie w- was a character. But before there was Ziggy Stardust, there was Major Tom, of mm. course. And after Ziggy Stardust, there was the Thin White Duke, and there was lad insane, and there was Halloween Jack. And really, some of these characters, <laughs> when you analyse it, and I am a Bowie fan, by the way, before I sound like I'm not, but when you analyse what he's doing... It's really just a costume change. Yeah. I mean? It's a costume change and a vibe is what he's doing. But the fans took it all very seriously and brought a lot of backstory into each of these characters. So it's kind of became a big deal to kill off Ziggy. But really, what was Ziggy? Ziggy was a look for an album cover and some lyrics that told a story, really, is what Ziggy was. He was still David Bowie performing underneath it for years afterwards.
0: Yeah, he credited two men as serving as the inspiration for Ziggy's stardust. The first was a man that he met and spoke with after his first Velvet Underground concert, and he thought that this guy was Lou Reed, but actually he was Reed's replacement in the Velvet Underground, and he was talking about how he wrote Waiting for the Man and all these things, and at that point, I realised, said David Bowie, it didn't matter to me whether this was the real one or the fake one. So that was one source of inspiration. The other one was this chap called Vince Taylor, a former pop star who very publicly kind of lost his marbles. He uh, fired his band one night and went on stage in a white sheet and he told the audience to rejoice that he was Jesus.
2: Yeah, and the appearance of Ziggy Stardust was inspired by loads of different things Kabuki theatre, mime, sci-fi, anything really to get away from the predominant look of the time particularly in the rock world which was grungy denim dirty feet you know as the tail end of the hippie dropout rock era which was all about embodying earthiness and nature and authenticity and this was all about you know wearing silver tinfoil and doing stuff to do with space it was the absolute opposite of what had been going on before I mean not everybody loved it for that exact reason you know ahead of a show in New York in 1972 the music critic Grace Lichtenstein took aim at glam rock and compared Bowie and Alice Cooper the other target for ire, to you know butch rockers like Creedence Clearwater Revival she wrote, Call it freak rock, transvestite rock, or decadent rock. The uglies are the latest giggle on the pop music scene. Whether freak rock is just a momentary lapse in the development of popular taste or a harbinger of even greater excess remains to be seen. But the trend can't be ignored.
1: Mm. Yeah, I suppose the audience that were really getting into Ziggy were tapping into a vibe of what you'd now think of as as pride, right? So mm. Bowie had talked about being gay, and not all the audience were gay. And in fact, David Bowie continued to sleep with women for the rest of his life. But the point was that he'd opened up a conversation about sexuality in mainstream pop music. And so for the people that were there, it was like this is a a big pop star coming on in this transsexual way with all these elaborate costumes and all the rest of it. So when he then stands up in front of all these people who have really bought this character and feels that this character is saying something about themselves that has not been said... There were people that were devastated in yeah. the audience and this was going to be his last show. I mean, one thing about this character that he created that still
0: remains unclear this many years on is whether the whole idea of Ziggy was planned as a concept album or whether that's the sort of story that ha- happened by happy accident that was then sold to the public. And his producer, Ken Scott, actually thinks that it's the latter. He thinks that uh, Ziggy Stardust, Lady Stardust and Star, those three songs were designed to be linked together but he said nothing else about the album hangs together as a complete work. That that was kind of a thing that was projected on it.
2: Yeah, and I mean that makes sense because even though it was the Ziggy Stardust tour, Ziggy himself didn't actually make an appearance until the second show. I mean this tour was remarkable. You know, it lasted a year and a half, and it took him to stardom from from almost nothing. I mean mm. Ziggy's first appearance at this second date happened at the Toby Jug Pub in Tolworth, Kingston upon Thames, to a crowd of about sixty people.
1: Yeah, I love the fact that his first gig was in Aylesbury. I mean, there's just something wonderful about the fact that even this historic gig, because this then got released later as the Ziggy Stardust movie, the film of this concert, was at a 3,500 capacity venue. I know the Hammersmith Odeon's a big deal to people in London, but I mean, he was about to go and crack America, right? They were lining up a stadium tour for him. And I think he just didn't want that. Uh, And he actually wanted to kill it before it got to the stage where he was doing what Elton John had done, really. Mm. He he said in in one quote that I saw later, this was in the 90s, reflecting back on this moment, he said, I wanted the whole main man thing away from me. Main man was his music promoter's company. It was circusy. I was never much of an entourage person. I hated all of that. It's a relief for all these years not to have a constant stream of people following me around to the point where when I sat down, 15 other people sat down. It was unbearable. And you can imagine as well, I mean, it's also like a cocaine addict at this point, right? It's probably not what he wants. Is 15 people following around doing everything he wants all the time. I think he he realised for his own health, he needed a different stage persona.
0: Yeah, and Bowie himself sounds like someone who got bored quite quickly. And also, record contracts at the time for big stars often demanded that they released an album every six months or so. And even Bowie had another album that came out just after uh, Ziggy Stardust, Aladdin Sane. So he was already touring with one show while this whole other body of work was out one interesting thing about the way that the uh, album Ziggy Stardust was recorded was that it was very much mostly first take vocals again his producer Ken Scott says because he got bored so quickly he'd just kind of come in do the thing and then leave which is remarkable when you think about like the quality of them but it was very
1: much bound up with who he was and how quickly he was moving at this time He then had a retirement party for Ziggy at Cafe Royal, uh, which is kind of weird because you just imagine, like, all these celebrities, are they there just as part of a joke to, like, bury Ziggy? I don't know. Did they think that they were just there to commemorate the fact that Bowie wasn't going back out on tour again for a while or were they just there for the free drinks? But in any case, Paul and Linda McCartney were there, Keith Moon, Lulu... Tony Curtis, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, The Goodies. I mean, it's like the lineup for It's a Royal Knockout. Uh, Mick and Bianca Jagger, Jeff Beck, Lou Reed, Barbara Streisand, Ryan O'Neill, Sonny Bono, Elliot Gould, Britt Eklund, and Dr. John doing the music.
2: Was it the real Lou Reed? That's my question. Yeah,
1: (laughs) someone pretending to be him. (laughs) Tomorrow. Better potluck with Churchill today than humble pie with Hitler tomorrow.
0: Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Patreon.com/slash retrospectors. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?